This is an ABC podcast. All right, I'm recording now just after the uh, phlegm. Miss the phlegm okay. moment. Just a bit of phlegm. Bang on. On. Hello, Zen. Hello, Mifanwe. How are you? I'm good. I'm coming to you from Gadigal Land today. We're in separate cities. Yes, we you're are. On, we're on Drew Country. That's um, right. Nice to see you through the Zoom. It's like the no. olden days, except we can go out and leave the house after nine. I know. I, I don't really like this going back to the olden days. I feel a bit, um, what's the term? Um, emotional, almost, <laughs> getting back on the on Triggered? the old... <laughs> Yeah, tricked on the old microphone, um, setting it up using a program. Um, I've forgotten how to use. Making sure you're not on mute, all that stuff. I just, I've, I don't want to use Zoom ever again. So I've just like, it's almost like I've just blocked that from my brain, like some sort of trauma or something. You're a little Zoom baby all over again. But you know, we figured it out. It only took us 14 minutes to figure out how to hear each other. But that's fine. That's an average Zoom call, right? Oh, she's locked up. We've lost her. You disappeared for a second. <laughs> I spoke oh, no. out against the, the gods of Zoom and they kicked you off. They kicked me off. Can you that hear me again? Could not have been timed more perfectly. Can you hear me again? You got me? Yeah, I got you. You got me? Yeah. Okay, the gods of can... Zoom don't like us dissing Zoom. That's what it is, isn't it? Wow. That was amazing. Hey, it's been a big week and um, we have said throughout this whole election campaign that we're not going to talk politics, but we we need to acknowledge that there's been a change of government. It is a new day. There is a new party in power. The people have spoken. And it was really fascinating and quite phenomenal to see just what that message was. You know, a lot of think pieces going around, but it's clear that people do want action on climate change. They do want a representation of what Australia actually looks like. And women really want to be heard, don't they, Miff? That is true. I think we saw uh, from the results over the weekend the, I mean, it was an annihilation really, wasn't it, of what the the previous government re- represented and a voting in of many, many women, independent women, that the teal seats uh, are now quite a political force, which is extraordinary, really, Given the nature of our government, just you know, just days previously, so it's it's been it was it was a windfall, I think, for women. And Annabelle Crabb nailed it. That the the, the article that you sent me, Zan, was was fabulous. Um, she's titled the article "The Lost Women," and Scott Morrison can't say he wasn't warned that women were angry. But will the next Liberal leader heed the lessons Morrison's ignored? And and that's up on the ABC website. This was a fantastic insight into exactly what went down, and and I think. We've been banging on about this stuff for a long time, haven't we, Zan? And it's it was time for us to have a voice. During COVID, Annabelle mentioned, the mo- most people who lost their jobs were women, the most people caring for children and, and perhaps elderly parents at home were women. Unpaid work. And unpaid work. And, and I think uh, a, a lot of women felt very unheard. And, and when all that, all the horrific uh, I guess news came out of Parliament about what was happening there in the highest office of Australia. 
and it really wasn't treated with any kind of dignity and respect, I don't think, or, or at least the dignity and respect that it deserved. Uh, I feel like women were listening then and they were waiting for action. It didn't happen. And the results came through thick and fast and hello, here we have a new government. I think that also it's just not what, like Annabelle did a great job of, and it was very focused on women because obviously a lot of other issues at play that were spoken about and I think responded to in this election, but this was an article about women. But it was just mm. this build, wasn't it? It was just this, you know, systemic and uh, and consistent build of of nothing, of, you know, women waiting for some sort of reaction and just when it didn't happen, it just absolutely lit a fire inside. And it felt so empowering to he- have our voices be heard because I think that sometimes in some circles women are spoken about as though we're a minority when we're more than 50% of the population. And, and a we, problem. That was showed, like when you undermine and sideline and ignore a significant portion of the population who are literally telling you who are marching in the streets and saying this isn't good enough, then at come election day there is a, a response. Um, and I felt quite empowered by that actually and I felt excited about the power of democracy in that you can say we, we want better and, you know, whatever political persuasion you are and a reminder that those teal seats are, are very much in kind of areas that are fiscally conservative but probably more socially progressive. And so there's a lot of people who would be have liberal politics, capital L liberal politics, um, but taking on some of the things where maybe the Liberal Party didn't engage with, like climate change, like equality for women, and that's why mm. these teal seats had such a rise. But also the Greens having a rise in, in Brisbane. <laughs> Some amazing Batuta posts about, there's a particularly good one the other day about um, the uh, a, a Brisbane um, tradie uh, point, putting his nose up at, at Melbourne lefties because they've only got one Greens um, member. <laughs> And there's three in Queensland now. It's just like catch up, guys. <laughs> but, you know, it's just really, um, yeah, really interesting response and I think that politics has been pretty yuck in Australia for a while and it just felt like the the power of the people's voices um, was really heard, really heard over yeah. the weekend. Yeah, and look, my hope as we move into the next couple of years is that there is more compassion and there is more concern about the environment in which we live in and and you know it's nice to have that reflected in the election results for me um personally however I, I just hope that a result like this doesn't mean that the opposition now moves further to the right it may make the political sphere even more antagonistic and even more divided and and that's not my wish I, I think I'm sure it's the, not the wish of of many but we'll we'll wait and see how it works out I'm excited about the destruction of the two-party system. I was watching the election results with a Danish friend and anybody who's watched Borgen knows that two-party system does not exist in, in many countries, including in Denmark. This idea that there has to be two parties and that's it and, of course, those two parties tow the party line so even if there is a diversity of opinion, you all tow the party line. Instead, we have multiple parties in places like Denmark and they no one gets the popular vote. It's basically a handful of people get the most votes, and then they all form a coalition and that is the norm and that's how you get true representation and that for the first time ever in Australian politics is what the lower house is looking like, you know, and the Senate, which has for a while been a lot more diverse in terms of representing different parties and different groups. Mm. But the lower house is looking 
uh, a lot fuller and a lot more diverse, not just in the representations, but the, the, you know, the values that they, of the actual people, but the values that they represent. So I think that's going to be a really interesting game changer. And whether it lasts for one election cycle, one, you know, sitting term, who knows, but I hope that it doesn't. And I hope this is a change um, so that so many more, you know, voices can be heard. Yeah. And, and bringing a whole bunch of new people into Parliament surely has to change the way the game is played. Uh, these people come in with with lived experience. They're not they're not career politicians, and I think I think that's a huge change as well. What part does Toto play in the leadership of the new government? Albo's the band or the dog? <laughs> beautiful little cavoodle who has rocketed to fame. Uh, Toto has a a Twitter account now. And before I go any further in this amazing discovery, which is already punishing us all. Anthony Albanese or his team did not set up this Twitter account. This no. has actually been set up by a 20-year-old Brisbane law student mm. who set up a an official social media account, account for Anthony Albanese's little dog, Toto. Toto. Toto Albanese, Australia's first dog, is the name of the Twitter <laughs> handle. It's, got, as you said, nothing to do with the PM. Um, but it was set up in the spirit of, uh, well, Biden's first dog, Remember, had a had a Twitter account until it started randomly biting people and had to be sent off to the to the farm, um, not the farm, the not the metaphorical farm that we all know about as kids from the country uh, when your dog went to heaven. Uh, it actually got sent away to some sort of disciplinary school or something, and hopefully oh came back. But they don't tweet much anymore, um, and there's a reason because no one wants to read tweets from. Dogs in doggo language, um, and this has been the backlash. Doggo lingo, people are calling it, and there's a, a great junkie article about this very topic. People are already cyberbullying Elbow's pet dog Toto by Millie Roberts, and this is the news we need off the back of an election. She's saying that things went south when Australia's first dog was given a voice reminiscent of 2013 dog culture and doggo lingo. So the first tweet was, hello, friends. And uh, I thought, that's nice. Dad thought it'd be a very good idea to get me a Twitter account. So here I am, woof. And um, and then the following tweet mentioned a furry busy play date. And then another one where um, talking about meeting new doggy and human pals. This is where I draw the line, the human, the human. human. Why is there this different doggo language? I don't get it. It's so... Shit, it's so cringy. It's so cringy, but it's exactly how I speak to my dog. <laughs> of course. It's like, hello, you are beautiful. I love you. I had a friend in town the other day who I haven't seen for a couple of years. She lives in London and she, she hadn't met Norman yet. And um, and she just, I was talking to Norman, who, you know, is the most beautiful boy in the world, my cat Norman. And I just was talking to him and then I looked at her and she was just looking at me like, what are you doing? Because I was doing the baby voice too. <laughs> What and has she happened was to you? So unimpressed, so yeah. unimpressed. Oh, look, it's it's embarrassing. But I, I've given up being embarrassed about any of that. I'm I'm happy to talk to my friends, um, partners, and and pets in that voice because you know it's my sign of affection. Now you and I both have social media accounts for our pets. Yeah, at our son Norman on Instagram. If you'd like to follow my majestic mm. boy, and Vivian, what's Vivian's handle? I think it's Vivian Warhurst. I've given her my surname as if she has come from, <laughs> as if she is part of my family, which she is. She was she's, birthed from your loins. Vivian yeah. is spelt with a Y. 
after right. Vivian from The Young Ones, V-Y-V, if you want to find her. But look, just scrolling through, because after reading this, I was like, oh God, do I do that? Have I done that? Do I do that? I don't know. But all of mine, I basically talk in Norman's voice like, um, you know, just your regular average Joe. So my last post for Norman was... Um, him just in a gorgeous little pose. It looks like he's touching his toes and the caption is, the yoga is paying off. There's no human. <laughs> there's no, no human. There's no furry good times. Another one where he just looks absolutely chuffed. It's heater season. Look, it's just pretty straightforward with Norman. Um, he's, he's an adult boy. He's in his prime. He's probably about, you know, hitting 20 in human years. He doesn't need to talk like a child. He doesn't need to talk like a child. But, um... And obviously he's saying all of this and posting it with his little paws himself. Yeah, he's very busy with his little little gorgeous <laughs> paws and his little toe beans. It's like keyboard cat just tapping away at a phone. <laughs> do, 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 do. I love that. I love that. Yeah, look, mine's pretty bad too. Any any pet Insta is pretty bad. Let's be honest. They're not great, but we love them and friends of ours love looking at our pets probably more than they like looking at photos of us, to be fair. so um, And they get a lot more likes than quite often some of the photos I post of myself. So I'm just happy to pimp my dog for as long as it takes and as long as people are enjoying it, that's fine. A dog fluencer incoming. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, oh, I do love, though, that, that the, the cyberbullying of Elbow's dog was pretty clever, I have to say. I don't endorse cyberbullying in any, in, any, in any way, shape or form, but some of the re- replies to um, Toto the first dog's posts were great. Someone's written, I just got bitten by at Albo MP's dog. It hurt so much already. It was so scary. <laughs> you can't come back from that. Once it's online, it's real. <laughs> and, and also there's another one that came from someone who said, Toto, listen to me very carefully. If you do one more post, I'll tell your dad you went to go live on a farm. And then, <laughs> and that was the farm I was referencing earlier. And and a really, really good one had a photo of a 90% pure cacao chocolate bar and it said, here, boy. <laughs> dark. Brutal dark. Clever. Very clever. But, um, if look, if they fix up the language, I'm here for the dog. Elbow's dog, Toto, who is a girl, in case you were wondering. Toto the girl. Um, like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you see that Kravis got married? Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker. If you're wondering what Kravis is, it's not Crevis, it's Kravis. That's their new name. They're the new Brangelina, Kravis. Well, it's like, it's it's the name that makes you feel like you want to wipe something off them. And I do, (laughs) or out of, from in between it, like in the, you know, it's, and I feel like that when I look at them and and I think it's the tongues. It's the overuse of tongues in public when Mm. they're kissing. You know, you can just give a peck. Sometimes to show your affection without going, ah, ah. and I think that's why I just want to wipe things around them because you're not sure what they're going to do after that. Whenever you see that, I, I think that yeah, that I don't. Might... I, my brain doesn't go there. That's for sure because I, you know, yeah. I care about like self care and wellness. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But they got married again now. Apparently, they've already been married in Las Vegas, and there's been another wedding which somehow I've missed. But they got they got married in Italy in Dolce and Gabbana. Mm. Um, and look, the the outfits were fabulous. No no problems there. The whole family turned up. It's another photo opportunity. Why not? They've got a television show to promote. Why not? Um, no problems with any of that. What has blown up online though is the food at the wedding. Now I've just been to Italy, Zan, and I've got to say that pasta is life. Pasta is will always be life. Pasta 
is is what I, I think essentially fuels me. It's it's how I live and breathe. And the pasta servings in Italy, you're supposed to have them as kind of an entree in Italy. They're not huge, but they're enough. They're enough to fill the belly and prepare you and set you up for the next course. However, the servings at the wedding of 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 Courtney and and Travis. Well, they've taken off online because essentially they are like a teaspoon of pasta, the tiniest of servings of pasta on a plate that wouldn't even go into a mouthful. I mean, you you couldn't even call it an hors d'oeuvre of pasta. It was ridiculous. I mean, what's the point? Especially when you're going to get, you know, on the champagnes, you need some carbs to balance that out. What are they doing? It's cruelty. It's absolute cruelty and it's mocking us. (laughs) It's mocking us. They don't eat. Well, they don't eat enough. And and look, and I don't know how you fit into those corseted outfits, but that is just mocking us. When I go to Italy, it's it's lunch and dinner, pasta, all of it, big bowls, give it, give, put in, you know, put it in my veins. And and when they go to Italy, how do they do that? Like I just go, oh, I'm here for a week. I'm going to eat everything I can see. And they're just like, no, no, I'll just have a mouthful. It's mocking us. It's mocking <laughs> us. And this is where I turn. I think I actually Oh, were you team Kravis before this, were you? Well, no, but I think I turn on the Kardashians in general because I know that they're masters at eating salads and that's fine. No one really wants to hoe into a salad and that, you know, you always see them eating but they're not really eating much. But this is ridiculous. This actually spells out what's going on here. They don't – they're so rich – that eating a bowl of pasta in Italy does not send them into fits of joy. Like they don't love it. It's not important. And this, this is a real thing though. Like when you've got everything, you just keep on, it keeps on going up and up and the the basic, most basic and beautiful of pleasures just don't even touch the sides anymore, do they? No. It's a real thing. They're, they're spoiled. What you're yeah. saying is they're spoiled. And this is the great divide for me. This is where I turn. If I, I've seen this and I've gone, that's ridiculous, you're not my people anymore. Not that they ever were in any way, shape or form, but I think I forgave them for a lot of things. But when I see that serving of pasta, me and Nonna are saying no, if you no think, more. If you think that Miff's overreacting, I will put it in the show notes and you'll be as shook as us mm. at what they served up at the wedding reception. Now, Miff, have you heard about this new app called Be Real? Be real. It look. Uh, I, I'm I'm not sold on the title, to be honest. Has anyone spoken to you about it though? Because a couple of people before I read this great article in the cut have actually mm. told me about it. It's like there's this new app and it does this thing, and I was like, mm. if you haven't heard about it, it's basically it's an app that they say counteracts the feelings of negativity that you might feel about yourself when you scroll through social media. So when you're going through and people that you follow and even, you know, people you don't because the algorithm just feeds us shit that we don't even want to see anymore. Mm, mm. Um, they're highly airbrushed, highly edited, unrealistic photos of people. Um, and that is social media in a nutshell. And this is what Be Real does to be different. It delivers an unscheduled daily notification that gives you two minutes to take and post a photo of yourself and your surroundings. So you don't know when it's going to turn up. It just goes, it's almost like a little notification nudge. Do it now. You've got two minutes to do it. Um, And only when you do that can you see what your friends on the app have posted as well. So that's the network. That's the community. That's the payoff. You can't edit the photos. You can't import old photos. It has to be where you are right now in that moment. And the goal of it is to kind of crap capture your real self, you know, your crusty, boring, lovable self as you are in that moment. 
And oh, look, I'm sitting here right now. I haven't had a shower. And if I took a photo, I, I, I'm not lovable. My my lovable self is pretty is pretty grim right now. Um, I've got greasy hair, and and I, look, I, yeah, I, I I get it, I get it. But you can also do that on Instagram right now. Why do we need an app to make us do that again, but in a different way? What's what's the motivator here? Is it to make everybody feel better about themselves? No, it's about drawing some a whole bunch of people into a new app and to get their data <laughs> and to and this is the thing. It's like the whole thing with social media and the the dysphoria that it gives you about your body, about your face, about everything about you, about the world around you is that it is highly addictive in that endless scroll. And so in order to counteract that, here's another app. It's like telling someone Oh, you you know, I want to get some non-alcoholic drinks, but here they are in the middle of a bottle shop where you're surrounded yeah. by alcohol. Like it just doesn't make sense. It's not clever um, or really trustworthy. But they keep on pushing this kind of idea of authenticity. And I think that the mm. idea of authenticity is something that social media is also trying to capture and, and monetize in many ways and people are trying to present, even though that in itself is a, it can be ends up being a construct half the time as well. Um, and that idea of authenticity is really like, as it says in this article, it's actually, you know, the author says it's kind of like a misplaced desire for simple connection. You mm. know, we, we want we want to be connected. But I don't see, particularly as we're able to now merge from these two two and a half years of of lockdowns, we're able to now travel and see our friends, we're able to connect and see, you know, family and and those we work with getting my phone out and posting that and then, you know, opening up another world of apps and, and addiction and stuff, that, that doesn't scream connection to me. So I'm just no. so sus on this Be Real app. It sound, The title sounds like something like a, a well-meaning, well-meaning parent would come up with. Hashtag Be Real. Hashtag Be Real. Be your real true You know what cells. it's like? It's like a Melania Trump's Be Best, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> it's Be Best. I've forgotten about that. It's funny how we brought things Great insight, Dan. Great insight. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. it's thank it's you for just, your authentic feedback. It's trying to solve a problem, but that problem re- really isn't solved by yet another app that we need to check in with, that we need to be alerted to, that we need to participate in. I, I feel like there are so many already. This might not be the answer. And don't you reckon, though, as well, if you signed up to this and you're like, oh, it's going to notify me at any time, you'd just be hyper aware and maybe that would fade, but you'd be hyper aware for the whole day of like, is it going to do, what am I doing right now? Am I doing something that's interesting? You're living your life imagining how it's projected to other people instead of living your life as it's being experienced by you. You know, mm. it's a very different way. And I feel that already sometimes when yes. I share things online and when I post stuff, it's like I have to stop myself and go, hang on, just be in the moment. Don't think about how you're broadcasting this to everybody else because it can be a real trap. Mm. And I think that Be Real would just really amplify that in, in an awful way. Um, so yeah, at the risk of sounding like an old woman, put down your phone and go and have a cup of tea with a friend. <laughs> that is be real to me. Yeah. Yeah. Be real. Come around and hang around with me. I haven't had a shower. My hair's dirty. It's very real. Very, real. very real. Very, it's very real around here today. <laughs> I think we need a bit of this. <laughs> I bespoke. Fashion alert music. It's just, it's so Euro, isn't it? Oh, it's so good. It's it's so craptastic. It's fabulous. <laughs> I love it. 
Now, you might have seen uh, in uh, the Twitter, on the Twitter, a few people talking about this Balenciaga runway. Um, Where do we begin? Where do we begin with this incredible look? We begin with the video that I that I put exclamation marks on and alerted you to on Twitter, and it's a short video of the latest Balenciaga fashion campaign, Resort 23, of which none of this is resort wear, let me tell you. There ain't a sandal in sight. In <laughs> fact, it's the opposite. Um, it's their first show out of Paris for Balenciaga. It was in the New York Stock Exchange, and the video I saw was just – these fashion models in essentially what is latex kind of fetish wear, really. Yeah, they all look like gimps. Latex gimp wear with the, the masks on as well. Some of them wearing artfully placed glasses on top of those masks, etc., and some ponytails coming out of those masks. Um, but the tweet headline was, every single Balenciaga runway model walks like someone owes them money. <laughs> And it was the best they are. They're they're at, they're going at a furious pace, furious pace. Some of the Some shoulders of are hunched. Shoulders are hunched. Absolutely and chasing down that cash. Chasing down some cash off to cut a bitch. Maybe have to go have to go and have have a go at parents. Of please, maybe Karen speak to the manager. Like that was the get vibe. out of my way. Is the vibe get out of my way? I am here to destroy you. Um, it was awesome. It was actually awesome. I loved it. Um, And I've got to say to the designer who is behind the latest Balenciaga wear, which is um, Demnag Vasalia, uh, this was inspired, I think, because the fact that they're at the stock exchange, it really ties into that whole fetishisation of of money as well. Um, It was on the trading floor. At first I thought it was like down at your local at your local pub where there was lots of screens and stuff, but then I oh, found like out at the it TAB. Was. Yeah, it looked like it was at the TAB. I'm like, geez, this is this is a vibe. Literally, bitch, give me my money. Yeah, <laughs> bitch, better have my money. Um, and it really talked about that kind of fetishization of fashion and money, and um, it's the first show out of Paris as well that Balenciaga has ever done. So a real statement too. But it also ta- it also highlighted I guess you know you've got these these clothes that are not resort wear in fact they are more kind of office wear staples I think for Balenciaga who are normally known for couture or or ready to wear this is this is somewhere in between these are like stuff you'd wear to the office and I guess the full gimp wear underneath hints to the the dangers of going back to the office it's it's really I'm loving your read on this runway I'm loving it and I loved it. And in fact, if you look at the fashion in there, oh, there's also a collaboration with uh, with Adidas as well. Um, but when you look at the fashion for the for the office, um, it's got total working girl vibes. There's big blouses with pussy bows, and I'm I'm really here for it. I'm like and subscribe is how I feel. I love that you've mentioned pussy bows because is it pussy's bow or pussy bows? Well, I think when you're pussy's bow. You're full, and when you're wearing a pussy bow, you're in fashion. I feel like we're doing a service to the nation right now and explaining yeah. this. Um, there is going to be pussy bows in my bang on today. So, in a weird, unplanned moment, there will be a reference to pussy bows in my bang on today. <laughs> <laughs> it's the week of pussy bows. I love that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. What are you banging on about this week? Well, I watched a rather beautiful show on television, on terrestrial television, I know. It's on the ABC and uh, it's a beautiful new show uh, that is all about 
discovering how working in art and visual art can help people who are experiencing some difficulties in their lives, in particular with mental health. And it's it's a discovery about how art can have a significant impact on people's mental health. And it's it's got Natalie Bassingthwaite. Remember Natalie Bassingthwaite? Yeah. She from, was it Neighbours or Home and Away? I don't even remember. And Rogue now. Traders. And Rogue Traders. From, from And she is amazing. I think she's also in Jagged Little Pill too, which is the musical. So she's a very busy Natalie Bassingthwaite. And this is just a beautiful little six-part series. I must admit I only watched one episode of it and it had me crying last night. Space 22 is what it's called. And, and I only watched one episode of it last night and it had me crying so make sure you be you're you're in the right headspace headspace to watch it but you can see the significant impacts that that doing something creatively can have on people who are experiencing really tough times or have had uh, really severe moments of mental illness in their past and um, one of the highlights for me is Abdul Abdullah who is a visual artist whose work I've followed for for many many years he is uh, one of the creative inspirations in the show and I just think he's magical on yeah, the telly. He's amazing. He's, I've done a take five real, with him years ago. He's incredible. Yeah, he's a real find. ABC, put more of him on the telly, can you please? So um, I think this is going to be a great series. It'll be lovely to see how it unfolds. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my recommendation this week. I love that. I need to catch up on iView. The first two episodes have gone to air Tuesday nights at 8, I believe. But, yeah, of course, any time after that on iView. Very good no. bang on. What are you banging on about, Zan? I'm banging on about RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. It is back. It started last Friday night. The first two episodes have dropped. And the difference of this season is that it is all winners. So usually All-Stars is like people who've been on the show before but haven't necessarily won that season. Everyone in this new All-Stars won their season. So you are getting the the off-the-charts high standards that you've never seen before. And unlike other seasons where each week a queen gets booted off, no one gets booted off. They all stay. So all of those incredible queens will be entertaining us for the next few weeks. And instead there's this system of, and this is actually what it's called, legendary legend stars that they get (laughs) if they win their challenge um, and they have to accumulate them and whoever's got the most stars at the end wins. But... Each week, the winner of the lip sync challenge can give another great term, the platinum plunger, which is literally a shiny bejeweled toilet plunger. Oh my God. To one of the queens, and that blocks them from getting a star next week. So even if they win, they can't get the star. And so these are the kind of rules of all stars, all winners. And I wanted to bang on about it because I'm nowhere near a RuPaul fanatic. You know, I've jumped in and out. I've got friends who have watched every single episode, but I watched a season of All Stars a a couple of seasons ago and from friends who were like, this is a great entry point. You should come in. It's pretty much the best of the best. It's really fun. And I loved it. And so you take that and you add all winners. And if you have never watched RuPaul and you're like, everyone talks about it, maybe I'll watch it. This is the season to watch. It is so, so good. Two episodes in, it's on Stan. My money's on Monet Exchange. Trinity the Tuck, 
Jinx yep. Monsoon and Shake Away, oh. who's just all always the faves, incredible. All the faves. So yeah, good. I must admit, I've dropped off a bit on on RuPaul's Drag Race over the last year or so. So this will be great. You have to watch Jinx Monsoon's Judy Garland impression. It is incredible. Oh my god, I've heard it's I've heard it's amazing. <laughs> Snatch Game in episode two, next level, and it's just <laughs> if you don't know what Snatch Game is, just watch. If all yeah, these terms watch. you've heard over the years, like congratulations and reveal yourself, just yeah. do yourself a favour. RuPaul's Drag Race, all stars, all winners. It is pure joy in a time when I think the world needs it most. Love it. Love it. Hey, Zan, are you back in Melbourne next week? Yes. Will I be seeing you? Yes. Will Yay. you have a shower before bang on next oh, week? Maybe. <laughs> You'll turn up in a gimp suit. I'm actually loving this work from home vibe again. Oh, you get around in the gimp suit at home when you are WFH, do you? Yes. <laughs> I am the face of Balenciaga's end, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't know because your face was covered in the runway show, but now That's it all right. makes sense. That's right. But you saw my enthusiasm for getting the job done, getting there, <laughs> getting right. it done quickly. I'll get the hell out of your way when you come stomping towards me next week. I'll see you then. Okay. Bye, lovely. Bye. bye. and you'll be as shook as us mm. at what they served up on the dance floor at their reception. I'll do that again, sorry. I was going to say on the dance floor, <laughs> pass from the dance floor. I'll do it. Pass from the dance floor. <laughs> but you better not steal the move. You better DJ. serve a ragu, DJ. <laughs> DJ, going to burn this goddamn house right down. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.